Welcome to Money Your Way. My name is Jess and I'll be your host. This podcast is all about empowering women just like you to feel confident when making choices in the world of personal finance. It can feel super confusing and overwhelming when there's unfamiliar lingo and tons of options. So I'll do my best to keep this fun and simple as we learn together. What do you say? Let's jump right in. Welcome to today's episode. I am always really excited to interview someone new and talk about a new episode, but this is actually a topic that hasn't come up yet. And this is going to be talking about money with your teens. So to have that conversation, I have Rachel Murphy, and I just wanted to say welcome to the show. You are an author, and I want to give you also an opportunity to introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners. Um, Well, my name is Rachel Murphy, and you know, I never set out to teach people about money. It's been a long, crazy path to try and give you the short story. Um, When my husband and I first got married, we got ourselves into a huge pile of debt, not because we were out buying new cars or living a great life, but we had a business that we owned and we were just trying to keep it going. We, uh, We owned an internet service provider back when they first started coming out when you could first connect to the internet. Yes. I started (laughs) reading your book and was getting the, you know, sounds in my head of dial up and all of that. So that was uh, very visual for me. Unfortunately, (laughs) unfortunately, the new generation might not even know what that sounds like. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It was not a good sound. Um, So uh, we found ourselves $50,000 in debt at the end of that, when we sold our business, because we had been living on credit cards and just trying to make it go, you know, if we can just hold out for a little while longer. Um, and it's hard when you have your own baby, you know, your own business baby, and you you don't want to let it go. Um, so we spent five years digging out of that because around the same time, my husband went through like three layoffs in nine months. And it was when the dot-com crash was going on. So we, we just couldn't find work. And we, we ended up, uh, at the end, he ended up driving a taxi for about six years. Um, so our income was like less than 30000 a year. So we, we determined to pay that off, $50,000 with the $30,000 income. And after going through that, we're like, when we had our own kids, um, we're going to do it different. And we're going to make sure they really, really have a good foundation. So this is just how I taught my kids about money in the book. And it it became a book because we also teach life and leadership skills to teens. And we have a podcast called Raising Confident Teens that our teens co-host with us. And people in that community kept saying, I wish, I wish someone had taught me about money. You know, if you want something to talk about, teach people about money. And so I just started teaching the people in our community having challenges and stuff. And that turned into, well, let's just make it a book. And so that's how the book came about. (laughs) I love that. And so when you reflect back on your journey through bringing your kids into kind of the financial space and into that conversation in the home, how old were they when they started? I know you're focusing on the teens, but just from your story, when when did that begin? Right. Yeah, because I know a lot of your listeners are a lot younger than me. and they They're have, mostly you know, in their 20s and 30s. Yeah. So this idea actually was presented to me when we had one kid. We have five now. We had one kid who was three or four years old. So probably about the age of your people. I read this book by a woman called Mary Hunt, which she was big 
back in the nineties, the back, it was, there wasn't too many people in the personal finance space back then. So any book you could find, you would like devour it. She started this thing called Cheapskate Monthly. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I haven't. Um, She's in her seventies now, but she wrote this book called Debt Proof Your Kids. And I read that book when my kid was three or four. And I'm like, this makes so much sense. And I remembered it. I remembered how she talked about it. And so when my kids hit the teenagers, I'm like, oh, that book, I've got to go find that book again. And so I went and bought the book. um, And she doesn't go into a whole lot of detail like my book does. Uh, So I was like, so this is all great. Now, what do I do? So, so I had to come up with a plan, you know, do this, do that, do this, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's where my book came in. And so taking it now to present day with five kids, what is the age range from your oldest to your youngest? What I love about this is that you are having tons of practice with implementing your things. (laughs) My youngest is eight. My oldest is 25. Okay. Amazing. And are you seeing kind of the response from your kids with different personalities or learning styles? Um, kind of vary through the way that you're having these conversations about money? Yeah, they're all different. <laughs> Isn't that crazy how you can have five kids and they'll all be different. But the way we teach it, I don't know how far you've gotten into the book, but the way we teach it, they, you know, they may swing a little bit, but they'll steady out. We're teaching them. I'll just, t- I'll just explain it if it's okay with you. I'll just yeah, I would say let's go concept. into some of the concepts for the listeners just because yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough to get to little head start, but um, they're hearing this for the first time. <laughs> right. So many people are not taught anything about money, right? They may get the giving, saving, spending envelope, you know, when they're a little bitty, um, you know, let's save 10%, give 10%. And then you get to spend all the rest on yourself, which is not realistic. I mean, no adult gets to blow 80% of their money. You know, and I feel like we're kind of setting kids up for frustration and like failure because when they get to be adults and they get a job and they're like, what? I don't get to blow 80% of the money on myself. What a letdown. There's (laughs) other expenses in adult life. (laughs) Yeah. So we just decided, you know, let's just start letting them adult just a little bit at a time every year and add to it every year and give them more responsibility and a higher salary. So our kids are on salary. Uh, once they get to be about fifth or sixth grade, they get a salary once a month. And when they're just starting out, we only give them one or two categories that they're responsible for. It could be something simple. Like some people give their kids spending money. It could just be they're spending money, but they get it once a month and they have to budget it the whole month and not come back asking for more money. Right. You could do like school lunches. So the the idea is we want to, we want them to learn the lessons where the pain of messing up is not so bad. So, so you blow your school lunch money. What happens? You have to pack a lunch. That's not like you blow your rent money, you know, and now you have, you're being evicted. You're going to be evicted. Right. And so every year we, we reevaluate how, how you doing? Um, Let's add some more categories and you get a higher salary. And so by the time they graduate high school, they've been managing a budget for years. You know, they, they may have 12, 15 categories, stuff like clothing, makeup, haircuts, gasoline, school supplies, prom, sporting events, you know, if they're in sports and they have to have money for food out, you know, when they go out of town, um, birthday gifts for friends, like youth activities, 
toiletries. There's so many things that that could be a lesson that we spend on our kids just without thinking, you know, mom, I need this, mom, I need that. Well, you know, let them start managing this. And so they get the practice of, oh, I'm making a budget. I'm learning about sinking funds because, you know, girls, haircuts, we don't always get them every month, but when we get them, they can kind of be expensive, right? So I need yeah. to set aside a little bit of money every month so that when the time comes, I have enough, right? Kind of like the insurance. The yeah. Insurance so you're payment. thinking about planning too, which I really love the way that that's taught. Right. And then they learn how to reconcile. Oh, I got to reconcile my account, you know, every month because a lot of kids, they, nobody teaches them that. And then they get out on their own and oh my word, I have 50 debits on my debit card or, you know, on my credit. What do I do with all of this? You know, this way they can start a little, oh, I only have one or two. And then, oh, I have more, you know, more next year and more. And it's not so overwhelming if you start small and then just build on it. Well, and not only that, there's just so many other things that this kind of trickles into. So one, I know you're targeting a lot of the, the parents who feel like you use the term, I'm not your ATM and that they're coming, you constantly asking for more money without any sort of kind of consequence um, or even touch to what that money means and how it came from. I do have a couple questions with that salary, which maybe some people might kind of call an allowance. Um, What, where are you giving that money? Is that a cash transaction? Is that, are you putting it into an account for them to maybe have a debit, a card with? What are some of the things that you do there? Yeah, that's a good question. When they're little, we start out uh, with cash because they really can't conceptualize, you know, this actually, you know, this money on this card actually means something and it's a finite amount on there. It's not just, I just swipe it whenever I want. Right. So when we start out, you know, eight, nine, 10, when we're doing they're not necessarily fully doing this, but maybe they're getting paid for chores or something else like that. And then we gradually start letting them use a debit card. Um, We just, I'm a fan of automating as much of your finances as you can. So we automate it. We we have it down to, you know, we've been doing it a little while. So I know exactly what they're going to get every month. And it automatically comes out of my account and into their checking account or into their savings account. They put 10% automatically in. And I don't even really have to think about it. So that eliminates so much of the stress of, you know, mom, I need my allowance or salary um, and you don't have the money, right? You know, (laughs) well, let me pay you later. That, you know, it builds trust because they know it's going to be there every time, you know. And that's the other thing, yeah, that I love about this is it trickles into the parents' finances as well, helping them plan, helping them create the schedule for where their money is going, and also knowing that the expectation is that there's not more coming out for the kids. Right. And they've learned, you know, like a lot of parents, the struggle is, you know, I buy them clothes and they don't wear them. And then, you know, they're asking for more and they don't appreciate the value of the dollar. And so if your kids are buying the clothes out of their own money, they realize really quick, oh, this is a finite amount. If I buy this and I'm not going to wear it, I probably should return it, right? So there's not that, if they buy clothes they don't want or they're not going to use, they return them pretty quick, right? And Mm -hmm. I don't even have to say a word. And I don't care because it wasn't my money in my mind, right? It was their money. (laughs) Like, so if they blow it on something, that was their money. I I was probably going to spend that amount anyway, Right. But it eliminates a lot of the stress 
We don't have money at fights. I'm reasonable. Like if they come up with something that we didn't plan for, I'm like, oh yeah, we didn't think about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll add more to your account, you know, or I had a kid who grew a lot in a short amount of time. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, you probably need more money in your clothes because I didn't account for your foot growing so much. Right. <laughs> or if they come to me at like uh, my senior in high school last year, she came to me and said, Hey mom, I'm driving the other kids around a lot more than normal. And I'm putting more money in the gas tank than I normally would. Can you raise my gas amount? And I'm like, Oh yeah, sure. And so that teaches them advocating for themselves, negotiation, right? A lot of the, uh, it, it works into so many different areas. And the thing I love about it is, you know, normally you try to teach a kid about money and they kind of zone out. It's kind of like Charlie Brown's teacher. It's like, wow, wow, wow. Cause it's a lecture and kids don't really respond to lectures, but this gives them control, mm-hmm. which is something every teenager really, really wants. <laughs> and it puts them in charge, you know, no, no teenager wants to say, I got to go ask my mom for money, right? They want to whip their wallet out and say, oh yeah, I, I can go. No, I can handle this. And it's just cool to see them mature. Like, oh, they can handle a lot more than we think they can. Yeah, absolutely. I was definitely one of the fortunate people who had parents that openly talked about finances growing up. They had slightly different methods of teaching us, but ultimately it still came out to be something that taught us the value of money, taught us how to budget and like you said, reconcile at the end of the month. And I've seen now years later into adulthood, the impact that that's had and how it's helped me set myself up for success versus some friends of mine who kind of look back and were like, I just didn't know. And that is something that it's so powerful because as the parent, you're in that position to guide them when they're younger and not getting exposed to this elsewhere. With having kids who have gone through their teens and now as young adults, I'm curious to hear how your salary system works with when they start bringing in their own income. And I mean, even like in the high school years, whether it's babysitting or they're working in the summers at an ice cream shop, how are the categories shifting or how are you guiding them through the time when now they are bringing in extra money? And I'm sure it can be really tempting to say, I'm just going to go buy all these things for myself. Right. Yeah. The beauty about the way we designed the program is it is personal finance and you can design it any way you want. Right. So like if you have a really tight income and you have thrift store budget, you can, you can budget thrift store prices for your kids. Or if you have a really high income and you spend more, you can do that, you know? So you can just, you can, you can decide whatever you want. You can decide, I want to start at this age and try it out. You can decide I want to go until the end of high school, or you can decide I want to go to the end of college, or you can decide, you know, once you get a job, you're on your own, or you can decide I'm going to keep giving you the allowance or the salary through, through high school. You know, you, you can do whatever you want, but what we do is once they start working, we keep giving them their salary because we don't want to penalize them for, for going out and getting a job. Right. And say, Oh, you're getting cut off. Um, now you have to buy everything. Uh, Cause then they'd be like going backwards almost. Uh, but, but we do encourage them. We match for their first car. So most of them are saved for a car. 
Okay. So the money that they're earning outside of the salary is really working for themselves to accelerate the savings of that first car. Right. Okay. You know, you're always going to have some kids are more savers. I have one kid that really loves to save. Like she doesn't spend hardly any money and, and she's got a huge pile of money to buy her car with. And we match up to a certain amount because we're like, you can't be saving like, you know, $15,000 and expect us to put it Um, but then I have others that like, like to have a little bit more fun with their friends and they don't have, you know, they don't have as big a amount in their car fund, but like you said, it's the choice they are making these decisions consciously understanding the options that they have in front of them. Yeah. So, so like a lot of people, you know, like we're talking about clothing, they go out and let's go shopping. We're going to buy you some new clothes for school. Well, if mom finds a deal mom gets the benefit, right? So that doesn't encourage the kid to go find the deal on clothes, right? But, you know, if you give them a set amount, if they find the deal, they get the benefit and they can either buy more clothes or put it towards something else, right? And so it's just, it's teaching them a lot of skills that they're going to need once they become an adult. I think that's amazing. Have you kind of gotten feedback from people who have read your book? I don't know if you're sharing this, um, on that podcast as well, or if you just decided to to put it in the book itself. But I would love to hear some of your favorite stories that you've gotten back from other families who have started to implement this with their kids. Um, yeah, I I um, met this woman at FinCon last year, and she she was like, "Oh man, I really really love what you're teaching," and she bought the book, and she sends me messages. Oh my, twelve and thirteen year old or I think they're 11, 11 and 13 year old, we're already implementing all of this stuff. It's been really fun to see them uh, shift from mom's money to my money, right? So they're, they're beginning to take possession of it and ownership and realize that, you know, it, it shows your kids you trust them and that you think they're capable. You know, you're not helicoptering their every decision that they make and letting them the catch here is you have to learn to let them go. If they make a mistake, if they blow their money on something stupid, you have to say, man, I bet that really stinks and not bail them out. Yeah. That's amazing. Have you ever implemented um, like almost an interest loan? If there are situations that there's been a need for extra money that maybe was I'm trying to think of a scenario off the top of my head. And there's not one where I'm like, oh, obviously in emergencies and things like that, there there would be a, a kind of a, a warranted need for the parent to step in. But if there was ever a situation where you guys felt implementing an interest type loan <laughs> as part yeah. of a learning experience. I have never done that. This is what I do. Oh, you want to go on that school trip? Yeah, you can go you need to come up with the money for it. So they would like, one of my girls would be like, okay, mom, will you post on your Facebook? I'm going to cook desserts this week. I'm going to make these three different desserts. This is how much I'm going to charge for each of them and just take orders on your page. I'll do that for them. Or they can go mow yards, right? I don't want to get them into the habit of going towards debt. If at all possible, I do talk to them a lot about, Hey, you should put some money aside. They have emergency funds themselves, right? A couple of my kids had a lawn service um, and they were using our, um, it was actually their zero turn mower to cut this yard. And before they left, I gave them my phone because they weren't 
they didn't have a phone yet. So I said, here, use my phone, but please put it in the lunch bag while you're cutting the grass. And they didn't obey. And she had it in her pocket and it fell out and she ran over it with the lawnmower. Oh no. And, and she was, she was so upset. They couldn't call me because they ran over the phone. Um, so I showed up to check on them and she was like all freaking out. And, and I'm like, yeah, you know, they're teenagers. I understand they don't make rational decisions all the time. I get that. But I had specifically said, put my phone in the lunch. So, so I made a deal with her. I said, you know, I have insurance on this, so it's only going to cost a hundred dollars. You pay, you pay 50 of it and I'll pay 50 of it. And she had an emergency fund. So she, she, used Oh my gosh. That. I love that story. That's yeah. amazing. Uh, let me close out by asking you one question and then we'll go over some of the ways that people can stay connected with you. So what is one permission slip that you would want to leave the listeners, whether it's to do something or to not just kind of that first thing that comes to mind? I would say, give yourself the permission to make money mistakes because you're going to make them. I make them still like, um, my oldest kid moved out, got his own car insurance. I forgot to take him off the car insurance for months. You know, <laughs> that would have saved me money. You know, sometimes, sometimes you're going to make mistakes and you're going to beat yourself up about it, but don't just realize you're a human. You're going to make them, you're going to mess up, but don't let that keep you from doing stuff. You know, make your best educated guess ask for advice, but then make a decision and move on. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, be willing, be willing, go out and learn stuff and, you know, like listen to this podcast, this podcast has all kinds of good info. You know, there's so many ways you can learn these days. So many more than when I was, you know, a young adult, we didn't have podcasts, you know, we didn't have as many books. There's just, you know, if you really want to learn about money, you can learn about money. I love that. And yeah, that really is kind of the, realness aspect of social media shows kind of the highlight reels. And I think it's helpful to kind of share that there are mistakes along the way. And as long as you're learning from them, that that's something to still value and not be scared of in their journey. So yeah. Rachel, thank you so much. How can people stay in touch with you? I'll link well, everything actually, you say in the show notes. Okay. Um, I actually have set up a page just for your listeners. If oh, you go amazing. To if you go to rachelmurphycoaching.com slash your way, I'm going to have um, links to stuff on there. I'm going to have, a, if you're like, oh, I really like what she's saying, what would be my first step? Um, I'm going to have a free spending tracker you can download. Just start keeping track of how you spend money on your kids to help you later on if you want to form a plan. Oh, look at how, you know, I spent this much on clothes in the last three months, right? That could help you um, formulate your own plan. And then there's a link to buy my book on Amazon. And there is a list of my top three favorite finance books for teens. And then there's a link to our podcast. If you'd like to hear me and the kids talk. About that is super helpful. I am so appreciative of that, that. And thank you again so much for being on the show today. Oh, thanks for having me. It was fun. You're welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Money Your Way. If you loved this episode or you learned something new, it would mean the world to me if you just took a few seconds and shared it with a friend. I cannot wait to keep learning and growing in this journey together.